This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. My mom is 81, and she's having trouble walking, taking care of herself, and remembering things. There are expectations. My mom feels I'm her daughter and I should be able to do for her. Sometimes the help they need is more than we can do alone. Care makes it easy to find senior caregivers who live nearby and know how to help. I love my mom, but I I need some help. The best decisions are made with care. Find help for your mom or dad at care.com. Welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donella, and we have two special guests with us. It's Fulham Legends, Gordon Davis and Rob Wilson. This is a very special episode as we will be looking back at the Fulham season. This should be interesting because uh, we actually did a couple shows, one at the beginning of the season, previewing the season. We did a mid-season review, and let's just say we all kind of got it wrong. So it'll be interesting to look back at some of the things that we said back then. And then we're going to talk about, actually, we'll go through the, the season and just talk about why things went the way they went. Why was there a collapse? That's going to be the big question. We'll talk about everything. Talk about the issues that we had in midfield, issues we had up front. We have a lot to talk about. Before we do anything else, I want to welcome Emilio back to the show. Then we'll we'll invite the guys back on. First, Emilio. How are you doing, my friend? You looking forward to this? Hi, Russ. Hi, Rob. Hi, Gordon. Yeah, looking forward to this. It's, uh, it's disappointing that we have to do it in, in circumstances. I'm talking about the disappointment of the season. But, you yep. know, it's, there's a lot. we do have a lot to cover off tonight. And, um, yeah, it's, it'll be an interesting couple of seasons ahead, I think, to be honest. I think I also want to dwell on what what, what does next season hold in store. There's a exactly. lot, there's a lot exactly. that needs to change. But, you know, let's rip, let's rip up this year and, and let's, let's rebuild. That's, that's, a, that's the thing for me. There's... But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of 
yeah, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs in the next few months in the lead up to next season. But I can't believe how quickly the season's gone. It was only it only seemed like yesterday that we did we won the championship, you know, final. Know. That was what eight nine months ago already. Goodness. That's all it was. Time That's just flies by, doesn't it? You know, going from elation to well to commiseration, literally in, in such a yep. you know. But never mind, you know. We've always got next season. That's the way I look at it. That's right. That's right. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to next season. And like I said, we could talk a little bit about that near the end of the show. We have a lot to tackle. First, Gordon, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I'm a very good considering. Um, we're, uh, we, we've moved about three weeks ago, so we're in a new house. And uh, okay. there's just I'm surrounded by boxes and boxes and boxes. And um, I'm tiptoeing my way through rooms trying to find out where the wife is and where the three dogs are. So um, everything is good here apart from okay. the football. Well, that's that's obvious, my friend. That's obvious. And I look forward to getting your views of uh, this film season. And uh, I have my own views as well. Rob, how are you doing? Are you looking forward to doing the show? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, good evening, Olya. Very much looking forward to the uh to the show, as Emilio said, it's in unfortunate circumstances, but uh, hey ho, we—that's uh, what it is being a Fulham fan. You know, the, we've had the joys of this in the last sort of three seasons. So uh, up, down, up, down. So um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll 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 cross a lot of uh, points tonight, and I'm sure um, you know we're no experts. We got it all wrong, the four of us. So yeah, um, we, you know we surely I mean? did. I'm sure there's reasons for that, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, the evening. Thank you. Okay, excellent. Well, before we get into really doing a season review, we do have to talk about what happened last night. And, uh, you know, and again, in a, in a terrible season, it was nice to see Fulham get a point at Old Trafford, you know, and, again, it could have been all three. You know, we can mm-hmm. talk about the goal from Cavani, you know, and, and again, uh, Danny Higginbotham, who, you know, on Peacock said the goal shouldn't have counted. So if, if you look at it that way, maybe Fulham could have stolen all three points. But, in, you know, it, it you know to be honest with you, to get a point at Old Trafford, mm-hmm. the season we had, I'll take that. Uh, I'll go to you first, Gordon. What were your thoughts about, about the match in general? And I'll just say this, and, and the one positive, and I already tweeted this out, a huge positive to come out of this is uh, Fabio Carvalho. I thought, again, you know, he showed some light, you know, I, you know, and again, he showed he had something. And uh, that was the one thing that impressed me. I know that we got the point, but he, to me, was the one thing that really shined for me in that match. What, what, what showed you in that match against um, Manchester United? Well, he's, he's probably, I would have said, the only forward that we've had all season that's threatened <laughs> in behind the back four. Mm. Yes, he, it's, a, it's a great ball through to him. He gets past the defender with a bit of pace, so he, he's looking yeah. and playing on the last shoulder, which we haven't had all season. The only thing that I would say to him oh. is in the position that he found himself in, I think he's probably used to taking it early mm. in the under-23s. Uh, he could have taken it on another couple of yards and got closer and may have had a better chance of, of scoring. Right, But... Uh, yes, he's he's definitely, or it, it's definitely a positive for the club mm-hmm. with with the way that he's played over the last sort of two games. Yeah. Um, but you get Scott talking of him that he's done well enough in the last three weeks to force his way in. To be perfectly honest with you, he could have done with perhaps throwing him in 
yeah. five, six, seven games ago. Totally agree, and, ju- and just seeing how he reacted. If yeah. he's not quite ready, you you bring him off. You you bring him out of the uh, the first team, but keep him in the squad, and then he comes in a bit later. But mm. I just think I just think if w- without going into too much uh, that that uh, situation where he's played him yep. may have been a bit late, and um, yes, it's a positive for next year. Yep. And to be perfectly honest with you, we weren't we weren't torn apart, which everybody mm. thought before the game. And we, we weren't looking as though it was going to be a 4-5-6-0 uh, hammering, which I think everybody was thinking of. So right. at least the players out there gave their all. They, they, I know somebody's going to bring up one or two players who seem to not give their all, but at least it seemed as though they were out there trying to mm. do as much as they could, really in, against a team that's second in the league, They've yeah. got internationals playing for them left, right, and centre, and we put up a, a a good performance for a team in the position that we were. So there are positives, uh, not many, but there are positives to pick out from going forward from this season into next season. Okay, excellent, Rob. I want to get your thoughts, and I'm glad that Gordon talked about you know in general the play against Manchester United. You know, again. I thought there was the potential to get torn apart. But then I, it's funny. I, I went back to something that you said on a prior episode. You said you didn't think that we would really have a hammering the rest of the season. Well, there were a couple of matches that, that again, you, you could say that happened. But against the bigger size, we, we usually hung in there fairly well. And, you know, and first time against Manchester United, we played them fairly well. So what are your thoughts about the match? And the other thing that, that I want to throw in there about Carvalho, he did not look out of place playing in the prim- – Premier League in two matches, that's got to be a positive as well. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I, I've, when I saw the team of theirs and ours, I, I, I did fear for us. <laughs> I actually said to my wife, I think, you know, it could be it could be four or five here if yeah. they don't start right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, over, over the 90 minutes, the second half was a better 45 than the first. Uh, as, you, as you've alluded to, Carbelio last week and, and, and yesterday has showed some lovely touches. His movement off the ball is something different. Um, yeah, I mean, it's big football for him. He's under 18s, under 23s. Mm-hmm. He, he looked a bit lightweight a couple of times because he's playing against grown men and he'll grow in the summer, I'm sure, on a, on a weights programme, I'm sure, that they'll start to allude to. But, yeah, he's definitely one, like, as Gordon said, that had a little bit of pace that got him behind me, uh, got me in behind them. And, you know, we've seen that over the two games that he's actually done. I mean, we've had players like um, Cavalero and Lookman, you know, <laughs> Have, mm. have enough chances to do, you know, uh, Cavalera yeah. playing a, a false number nine. Not done that once, really. You know what I mean? Um, That's my point. Just Rob, Rob, you're making my point all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, it, it was it was a it was a nice finish to to, to the last away game. And uh, and as you said, against all the top teams, we've had our best results. That's you right. Know, the Liverpool's and mm. Leicester, Everton, um, Arsenal. You know, so we 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 nicked points against the top top six or top eight sides. So. You know, the potential was there throughout the season, but we just haven't done it consistently. And as we've all said, our home form's been absolutely abysmal. Yep, and that turns out to be really our downfall. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit of downfall when we get into it, as uh, as Emilio alluded on our preview show, would be the home form. He, He was concerned about the home form, that we need to have good home form. And Gordon actually said that, 
it really would come down to the final third. So both of you mm-hmm. ended up being right because the, it was the problems in the final third and the home form combined, and it just was just not good enough for a Fulham football club. Over to you, Amelia. What are your thoughts about, about the match? Yeah, again, given our situation, we had nothing to lose, right? We had to, it was all about going out there and playing with a bit of pride. You know, Scott Parker can't seem to do anything wrong right at the moment because, you know, everyone complained about the not playing the lone players. He made a few changes, brought in Reem and Joe Bryan, and he still gets criticised because everyone was expecting us to be hammered. You know, they, me and you spoke off air before the game, saying, actually, I was okay with that lineup. I said, well, yeah. you know, do the right thing. Don't play your lone players. You know, maybe give... Tim Remy's final game. Of the exactly. That's the way I looked at it. Swanson. Joe Bryan, you know, divides opinion, you know, my thoughts about him. And um, overall, I, I was okay with that lineup. And the fact that we looked reasonably comfortable, I was disappointed with, like you said at the beginning, that we didn't go out and win, and win the game. I thought we wasted that free kick with, what, five minutes left? Why didn't we mm. just, you know, we had all our big players up in the six-yard box. And you play play it back. Maybe sideways, you, backwards, yeah. Come on, that's, that's, that's poor decision-making. And again, it's things like that that have been affecting us throughout the course of the season. But Cavalio, you know, a bit of a, like Gordon said, a bit more maturity, a bit more confidence. He, you know, next season, hopefully, he'll be playing regularly week in, week out, and we'll bang those in the back of the net and get us out of the championship. So he didn't look out of position. But overall, professional performance, I can't, whatever people say Man United weren't good enough, yes, quite clearly they weren't good enough, but they put a bloody strong team out there and they were up for the challenge. They gave us no space. You know, Cavani scored a quality goal. You could question whether it was offside or not. But overall, we deserved a point, and with a bit more ambition, a bit more intelligence in the final third, that game was there for the taking. The last ten minutes or so, but you never know. We've got to we've got to take the point. So it's, you know, let's nothing to lose. We played some of our permanent players, and hopefully, we go to Newcastle and end the season on the high. Yep, no, very good there, and and uh, it'll, it'll be good ending against Newcastle at Cream mm-hmm. Cards. That should be good, and uh, you know, and then we can move on for next season. But, guys, let's uh, start here. And like I mentioned, we did a preview show. It was me, Gordon, and Emilio. And um, so we're going to start. And then, Rob, you know, and if, if you can remember what, what you thought, what your thoughts were at the beginning of the season, I'll, I'll add you into the mix here. But, Gordon, I'm going to start with you. I'm just going to share what your prediction was at the beginning of the season. I went back and listened to the show. And I love you, Gordon, because you're a very positive person like myself. You predicted 14th, okay? 14th, and I understand. Yes. And I understand why you did because you know you made me feel more comfortable because I was like it's coming from Gordon he he know he, he knows what he's talking about so you predicted 14th so with that prediction just just go into why you felt uh, comfortable making that prediction and then I'll go to uh, Emilio and Rob. I just think that um, we are a better team than at least the teams that uh, were at the bottom of the table the year before yeah um I, I was honestly thinking that Leeds were going to be in the mix down the bottom i predicted because, it i got that wrong <laughs> because i thought that they rely so much on bamford to score the goals and in the premier league was he going to do it on a regular basis and he proved me wrong he proved a lot of pundits wrong with uh, with the step up because Leeds were creating chances for him. Um, and you, I just looked around even at the beginning of the season and, and I just thought we are at least the third, the fourth or the fifth poorest team, if I want to use that, not the worst team, poorest yep. team in, in the league. But we can win games. We have got a player, if he's on form, Mitrovic, who can win games for us. 
and I was expecting us to to do well against um, the bottom. If I say the bottom eight teams, yep. because even mm-hmm. in my program notes in in the in the, the Fulham program, I said from the start of the season we were in an eight league team, uh, mm-hmm. an eight team league, right? And I th- I thought that we could finish second, third, at, at worst fourth in that te- in that league, mm-hmm. but. When you look at the results that we've had against the bottom teams, I think we've picked up 14 points <laughs> against the bottom 10. That's right. Yet we've picked, yep, as Rob said, and, and you mentioned to it, we've picked up 13 points against the top 10. It's so there's, there's no sense that we, we can do it. It's just that we haven't done it on a consistent basis. And yep. that's what let us down. And really, I, I would still say now that you look at our squad of players for the second half mm. of the season, and it's a better squad than possibly the bottom six teams. Yeah. But mm. we haven't produced. That's right. That. That's right, Gordon. Because again, I'm glad that you talked about that. Because something else that that you mentioned, and and the, I want to talk about this now because you talked about it on that show. You talked about the recruitment, and Scott, you had mentioned was was involved with with the recruitment. Yeah. Of the players, you know, you said one of the big differences between two seasons ago was that Savisa didn't look at the videos, but that Scott was actually involved. So, you know, again, he had he had input on um, the players coming, and you know, so so again, you know, when people talk about that that Scott didn't get the players he wanted, well, I don't think that's the case because I think he had a say in this. So, but but again, this goes back to talking about individual talent. You can have the individual talent, but if it doesn't come together, Gordon, the best recruitment in the world, it, it, it's not going to work because you've got to play together as a team. Uh, you, you have, and plus the fact that you can go out and big clubs have done it. Big clubs can buy international players and the, the, the move doesn't work out. I suppose going, going back years ago, yep. there was the uh, situation of uh, Gary Bertels playing out of his skin at Nottingham Forest and knocking goals in for fun. He gets a big move to Manchester United mm. and he couldn't hit a barn door from five yards. Mm. And, it, and, it is, and it is like that with, with some moves. Now, the, the, the way that Scott plays, and we'll probably go on to it a bit later, yep. and does that, uh, if as everybody uses the, the phrase Parker Ball, Parker Ball. Yep. does Parker Ball suit the players that we've got in the positions that they are being played. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong when you bring players in and sometimes the player Mm. fits a little niche that you're looking at and sometimes they don't. Um, And that's not down to the the way that you pick them. That's not down to the way that uh, they play when they get out there. Sometimes they are not happy with the system that's being Mm. played and you never get that. 110% 110% out of them. You get 60, 70, 80%. Um, and we, we'll probably speak about Loftus Cheap later on. I'll just mention <laughs> quickly, sure. only because I don't know where his best position is. It's certainly not as a centre forward. And to me, what he's produced, it certainly doesn't look like a, a wide midfield player. So no. that's one move that the club have made that obviously didn't work out. But um, it, it's difficult to put your, your finger on it because, yeah. as you mentioned, and as I said, a lot of the players that came here actually spoke to Scott. 
That's and right. That was, and that was what made mm. them decide, having spoken to the manager, to come to Fulham. To come to Fulham. So yeah, some, something's gone wrong in 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 the mix, but you can't. Um, I don't think you can probably at present put your finger on what it's down to or who's actually responsible for it at the end. Okay, very good. And and that's why I wanted to bring this up because, again, when we talk about the players, there are factors that go along with this, like you said, quality players. But did they, like you said, fit the system? Was it about not being the right fit? Like you said, uh, was it the right niche? That's something that, again, that that is interesting about all this because I think we have the quality, as you said, Gordon, but it, for whatever reason, it just didn't come together the way that we had hoped it would. Rob, your thoughts on the season, then I, then I want to go to Emilio. What was your prediction for the beginning of the season? And, and feel free to share your thoughts on what Gordon just shared. Yeah, as I say, I would have been probably as bullish as Gordon was at 14th. I, I honestly thought with, with the turnover of, uh, of players and, and the quick turnaround from championship going into to, to the first few games, other than the first game, obviously, Arsenal, where we got a bit of a spanking, I was highly confident that we would finish outside the bottom three uh, and, and probably 14th, 15th, 13th, like Gordon said, would have been, you know, with the players that you know, we and the experience we should have learned from two seasons before, I thought we would, you know, we, we, we would easy stay up. But, you know, that, that, uh, the first the first six, eight games were, was was horrific, really. You know, it really found us out in terms of defensively. Um, and as I say, we, we, we continue to play the same type of football uh, and mistakes were being made readily. Yep. Um, we weren't learning from them. We hadn't really, that first quarter of the season, I didn't see any, you know, any any people that had learned from their bad experiences that, that the first time round, even the right. championship players that we'd got. Um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, I, I was thinking about it today when I was driving around for work, and I thought, well, it, you know, it put I put it into sort of thirds really. The, the the start we had was horrendous. The middle section we we seemed to get ourselves back after we changed the back four and, and the goalkeeper. Yep, we got ourselves in a position as we alluded off air earlier on in February. We, you know, even before the Liverpool game in March, we you know we'd got ourselves back into a position where. Every pundit around the country was saying, "Oh, Fulham will catch Newcastle, That's or right. Burnley, or Brighton." And then we've we've faded away the last seven games as bad as we were the first eight games mm. in terms of yeah. uh, you know who we've played and 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 the carrot was there and and and, and the reward to to try and stay in this division. We've just fell off a cliff in them last eight mm. games. Yeah, we we were unfortunate um, a couple of games where we've conceded last minute, but. It, it was uh, alarmingly disappointing at uh, the back end of the season as it was watching the first eight games of the season. Mm. Yeah, it, that's actually a good way to put it. It really is, if you break it up into thirds, it's it's the middle third that was encouraging, but the beginning and the end, just, again, horrific. And that's where most of the damage, negative damage of, of this uh, foam season for us really went down. Okay, Emilio, over to you. And um, I'll just mention that, Emilio's prediction, this is what you said, Emilio. You said 16th, maybe 17th. So I'm going to put both of them in there. You were you were, you, you were, were cautioning me and Gordon. You were the mm. one that was trying to ground both of us because we're both positive people. I'm not mm. saying you're negative. I'm just mm. saying that you are, you are more even keel where you're just looking at the evidence and I am 
a very positive person. So you said, okay, 16th or 17th. I said 17th, believe it or not, but you said 16th or 17th. So let's look back at your prediction. And I want to mention this because I said this to Emilio off air. He turned out to be Nostradamus Danello because he said this. He said this on that preview show. He said it would come down to our home form. Emilio, you ended up being right. So let's so let's talk about your season predictions and what you thought about at the beginning of the season. You know, even take a step back. I remember we did the show straight after the championship final at Wembley, and I remember rightly, it was what eleven o'clock at night. And I first thing my reaction was, I'm worried about next season. You you not, said that not celebrating right off. I was worried about next this season coming up. I just thought the squad of players not good enough. We saw that two seasons ago, Wolverhampton. On paper, they got promoted and they had a good enough squad to compete in the Premier League and they moved on to bigger, better things. Leeds United, I think they, I think we all thought Leeds United would survive, but they've had a team. I think one of the co, you know, Stefan's mentioned it here as well. Leeds United had a team that was evolving over two or three seasons. They got promoted and they've comfortably stayed in the Premier League. We haven't done that. We, we, every, all we seem to be doing is reacting. We got promoted. Let's spend a hundred million. We get, we get promoted. Let's go and buy loan players. It's, it's, there's no strategy, long-term vision here, and we'll yep. talk about that in a minute. But I was worried on that championship final night that we didn't have enough strikers. And we always talk about defence. We knew it was yeah, weak. We didn't talk about that. that. Day one, we haven't got enough goals in this team. And that's proven to be the, the, the downfall. And the home form, abysmal. Nine goals at home all season. That's, that's, yep. Any team deserves to be relegated with that home form. So it's, am I surprised we got relegated? No, to be honest. But I still I said it to the guys, you know, off air. This squad, on paper, Gordon, you alluded to it. I still think it's good. It was good enough to stay in this division. On paper, so do I. These players, on paper, were good enough. Lookman, no, no mug. Loftus Cheek. Why was he player of the season at Crystal Palace? Obviously, he, he was playing in a more advanced role, if I recall, with Batshuayi at the time. And them two were linking up very, very well. Why yep. was he player of the season? He don't become a bad player overnight, right? So, Anderson, international. Tete. We all were, were, were excited when Tete joined. A guy who can cross the ball, Ariola, France international. It's on paper. This squad was good enough. Why has it not worked out? It's it just, just you know, just just didn't just didn't happen for us. And I don't believe it's just the players are accountable. You know, my my views towards the manager, well, that has changed in the last few months. But overall, you know, do we deserve to be relegated? Of course, points don't lie. The table doesn't lie, and our home form is just has knocked us out for six. If we had three or four home wins upon that. That's twelve points. We would have been up there. You know, we've done enough against the big teams, but the teams around us, Brighton, Southampton, Crystal Palace, Burnley, beat those teams at home, we would have stayed up. Basics. Okay. And that, that's the reason why we've gone down. So overall, it's just it's disappointing. But am, am I surprised we got relegated? No, not at all. Okay. Excellent mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. Let's go back here because, again, um, I want to go to you, Gordon, mm-hmm. because uh, yep. I want to talk about where we were when we talked about this season preview and what was interesting is at this point because i went back and listened to the episode we had four signings they were all defensive and we were thinking about okay well parker's in charge so that's different than what it was say two seasons ago but what was interesting is that the three of us were all talking about what were the needs at that point and we were getting comments from the Fulham supporters and they were pretty much all in unison it was center forward center back because at that point we still needed center backs and we end up getting the center back, but Gordon, we never got the center forward. So I want to get your thoughts about at that point when we're 
we still have the window open. And at that point, we just had all these defensive signings. Did you think at this point that we desperately needed another striker to go along with Mitra? Yes, certainly. Um, purely because of the fact that Mitro could have got injured in the first game of the season. Mm. Um, and, and then who do you put up front? Uh, my, my fear, even when we were in the top six in the championship, and I've been saying it for two years, mm. we haven't got anybody who can replace Mitrovic yeah. if, he's off, if he's off form or if he gets an injury. And I was praying for 12 months that he wouldn't mm. pick up an injury because who is the player? I mentioned Bobby Deckard over Reed. Yep, he uh, did. Could, could go up there. You said that. And you, and you look at everything that's been done over this season. You can put players into a position and they will do a job. And when, when I played and uh, Leroy and Dean Coney were up front for a short period of time, I had a discussion with Mark McDonald and Ray Harford and they wanted me to play wide right, but more attacking than defensively minded. Now, I could play there, and I did okay, but I was only doing a job. Right. I could have put a 16-year-old there to do the job that I did on the right side of midfield. But what I was asked to do then was to, when, the play, when Dean and Leroy split, yep. I was coming in from wide to get in between right. them. So... I was still getting myself in the box, but as a right-side midfield player, I was just doing a job. When Mitro has been off form or out of the team, we've had Bobby Reid doing a job. We've had Cavaliero doing a job. We've had Loftus-Cheek doing a job. And when the ball has fallen to them, in areas where a striker would hit the target, mm. we have missed or snatched at umpteen chances to put us in the lead in games. And then teams have gone down the other end and we find ourselves 1-0 down. Mm. Then those players who are not used to being in that position, when they do get a second opportunity, whether that's in the same game or the next game, they're thinking about the last miss. They then snatch at it. They've got another miss. And, and it, it puts into pers- perspective when you look yep. at Bobby Decadova Reed is our top league goal scorer on five, followed by Luckman on four, Cavaliero three, Maja three, Mitro three. Those are diabolical numbers for mm. players, and especially the, the, the first three, because Bobby Reed's played 26 games, five goals. Cav has played 25 games, three goals. And Luckman has played 30 games, four goals. Mm. The return that you get from people doing a job is not as good as playing a 15, in these games, 15 to 20 goal a season striker who's getting on the end of things. And I've been mentioning the word scraps for two years. Yes, you have. When when you're not providing the centre forward or the attacking players with chance after chance after chance, then you've got no hope of staying up when, as you mentioned, we've scored nine goals at home so far in 18 games uh, or 17, Mm. yeah, 18 games. So it's just not good enough. And the biggest thing that we missed was having somebody not necessarily to play instead of Mitrovic, but perhaps to play with him and you Mm. change your formation. 
we couldn't okay. even change a formation because we just didn't have another striker. Mm. And to me, that was sort of a sacrilege that we didn't get one in when we definitely needed one. Okay. Rob, your thoughts on this? Because, again, in, in a little bit, I, I want to revisit your thoughts on the midfield and then go back to Gordon and really analyze the uh, situation in the final third because I believe that, along with the home form, was ultimately our downfall. We're going to go back to that in a second. But your thoughts when we are, again, we're just about to start the season. We have these four signings, and we're talking about getting another center back. It turned out we brought in two. But to Gordon's point, you know, Josh Maja comes in again. We could talk about this in a little bit in January. But I'm sorry. I, I completely agree with Gordon. Why did we not bring in a striker, uh, Rob? And I, I know I know Emilio agrees with me. I'll, I'll get his thoughts in a second. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, obviously, the highlight of the, uh, the first four or five games warranted us to bring in some defenders, which we were all crying out for. Right. Two of them being centre-halves. But, yeah, I still think, Scott obviously thought he had enough in the squad that he could rotate the players and play uh, people in different positions in the type of football, possession-based football he wanted to play, that he wanted to, to that he had enough, or, or, or do we know, did he try and get some player, a striker in and, and, and wasn't allowed to? You know, who knows? I don't know. Obviously, he did that in, in the second um, uh, transfer and when we got Madger in, but yep. I think it was too late then. It was too late. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I, I think he has done no, he's done nothing for Fulham. All right, three goals, two in the Everton game. Other than that, when he's played, he's been poor. He's been, mm-hmm. His general okay. amino in, in his build-up play, he's just, you might as well have persisted and carried on playing Mitro. He, whatever has got on mm-hmm. behind the scenes, Mitro sure. wasn't the same player. I would have persisted in playing Mitro over Madger because he didn't show me anything uh, yeah, he might have been a little bit more mobile, but you know there were games where he'd had probably three, four touches in in yeah. four or five minutes, and eight or nine touches in ninety. You know, which for a striker, yes, and we can highlight the the build up play or whatever. But yep. you know, when you have Mitro, who's got goals in that, and you know, we're 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 all seeing you know situations where he's been on the bench and he's not even come on before where someone else has come on for him. So, you know, there were, there was, you know, that's gone on from the beginning, not so much at the beginning of the season because our issues at the beginning were defensively. But yeah, I think Scott would have, would have liked to have probably got someone in pre-season before the season, but we waited and got uh, Madger in and, but Madger didn't turn out to be the, the diamond. Mm. We probably all thought he was going to get us the goals to get us back up the table. So yeah, disappointing in terms of that. Yeah, we 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 sorted the defensive side of that, but then going forward, we just haven't scored the goals to keep us in this division. Absolutely. And the more alarming thing is that the midfield players weren't showing the endeavour uh, and and tenacity to get beyond the strikers, even mm-hmm. in the system we played, to get themselves some get bodies in the box. Well, that's what I want to get more into in just a second with you when we talk talk about the midfield, and I'll, I'll ask you about. How much did Fulham miss Tom Kearney? Because I, I want to get your thoughts on that. But Gordon, I, and, and again, I, I didn't ask you this before. I go to Emilio uh, again. What were your thoughts about Josh Maja? Do, do you agree with Rob? Um, yeah, totally. Because in in the Everton game, you've put two crosses in mm-hmm. that we haven't put in to those areas for the majority of the season, and if we have put them in there. There's been nobody in there. Mm. And he gets on the end of basically two tap-ins. He probably could have had a hat-trick. 
in in the game. And you think at least we've now got somebody that's going to get into those danger areas. Now all we need to do is get the ball into him and, get yeah. the, and, and feed that ball into exactly. danger areas because we've got somebody who's looking for it in in that six-yard box. Um, and after that game, I think the following game um, was, was a home game. Yep. And I think... I think he may have had one half chance in the entire 90 minutes mm, yep. and nothing else was created for him. Uh, and once again, we're back to scraps right. um, that, that I've been mm. talking about for, for two years. Because <laughs> yeah. if, you put, if you bring somebody in, you've got to give them uh, the service that they want. And it's like bringing a, a winger in uh, who goes past players as if they're not there and gets great crosses in. And so what do you do? You go out to the other side and you forget mm -hmm. about giving him the ball. No, you keep giving him the ball and saying, exactly. go and attack. With Madja, you had to get the ball in that six, 12-yard area because I don't think he's the type of player that will get it 25 yards out, beat two players mm. and, 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 and bend one in the top corner. He's the player that will get on things in six, eight, 10, 12 yards out. Mm. But again... We didn't create anything for no. him, and as 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 Rob mentioned, yeah, the the I suppose you look at the creativity in our midfield. Is it being uh, I won't say coached out of them, but the way that we play, we don't seem to have that creative ability. And, no. and with Kearney being out for five months, yeah, he can pick a pass, and you've just got to look at at the assists from. Mm. Uh, Bobby Decker Dover Reed, up until two games ago, had played 24 games, no assists. Hmm. Now, this is this is coming from the uh, the, the, the Fulham programme. He's he had one assist against Southampton when he put Fabio in. Uh, I think that was more yep. of a, a pass to him rather than a pass past him into the box. Right. But and he, then he puts a cross in at Man United mm -hmm. for Joe Bryan to score. But two assists in 26 games. Mm -hmm. Cavaliero, 25 mm. games, apparently, according to the figures, no assists. Mm. And Luckman, 30 games, four assists. Mm. So three of our attacking mm. midfield players have only got six assists all season. So where, it, where how the hell are forwards or attacking players going to score when you've got <laughs> yeah. nobody giving them a chance to get on the end of things. That's, so, that's, that's a great point, Gordon. And I, and I want to go back to Rob because, because then I'm going to go to Rob and, and have him analyze exactly what you were just talking mm -hmm. about. Before I do that, Millie, I want to go to you because I just want to get your thoughts and then, and then I want to dive into analyzing the mm -hmm. midfield and then go back to Gordon on, on the strikers up front because there's a lot to talk about there. Your, your thoughts? I think bottom line is it's they're not good enough. That's the reason why they're not assisting. You know, Cavalera didn't he played more games in the Premier League than he did in the Championship. What does that tell you? Deco Dover Reed, I said it before the season. Good endeavour. He's not a Premier League player, and we've seen that, to be honest. And Cavalera's not a Premier League player. Why did Wolf sell him when they got promoted? Same reason. So you know, Josh Major, I also remember that Crystal Palace game. We dominated that game. Crystal Palace, I think, had zero shots on target, was that right? I think that's playing at home against us. I remember coming deep into the into the halfway line, trying to get, get the ball, trying to make something happen. He yep. got zero service in that game. But like I said, it's but you know, Lookman got found out. He was he was our most our best player before Christmas. His form completely deteriorated after that. 
we could speculate why, but I'm not going to mention that now. But overall, his performance deteriorated from the second half. He got found out. He was always having two players against him. So, A, he was typically selfish, you know, and, you know, when he was having two players marking him, where was that Where was that final ball? Very, very poor. So, it was Oloena. If we had more Oloena crosses into the six-side box like he did against Everton, then we might have scored a few more goals. But at the end of the day, I just break, break, boil it down to one thing. The players are, were simply not good enough. The okay. reason why they play in the championship, that's the reason why. These players aren't good enough. Okay, excellent. Okay, coming up next... Gordon and Rob are going to be analyzing the strikers up front and the midfield, and we have a lot to talk about after that, and we'll end with talking about what's next for form for next season. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale, get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. And save up to $700 on ceiling. Talk to a sleep expert and unjunk your sleep today. Mattress Firm. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 Okay, Rob, I'm going to go over to you because, again, I'm, I'm glad that Gordon really got us started really diving into talking about what's been going on with Mitro, Maja, and, and the situation up front. But I think, like uh, he was already mentioned, it, it, we really have to talk about the midfield. And, it, you know, and again, you know, I'm curious your view, you know, and again, we did a show back in February and you really analyzed it then. Thoughts now on the play and, and what, what Gordon's been talking about with – and also what – what uh, Emilio just shared about with some of the players, maybe they're just not good enough. Maybe that's also part of the issue. What do you see as the issues in the midfield over the course of the season, which led to the problems that we had in the final third? Because that ultimately will be when we, when I go to Gordon, really, because as he said, the strikers were were feeding off of scraps. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, the systems that we played throughout the the season from game to game, we've, we've always had a holding midfield player, whether it be Harrison or or, or, or Anguisi. Or, I mean, obviously, the, the loss of Tom for, for five months has, has been a lot more damaging than people probably think. I you know? and agree with he you. Was actually, he was, although he'd got dropped from, by Scott for a few games before, 
his form just started to come back, mm. just unfortunately when he did get injured. But, you know, we all know he can see a pass as much as he keeps the ball sideways and backwards. Uh, he is a forward-thinking person when he's got in that final third. And he, his stats and assists, all right, over the championship seasons, has been up there with the best in the, in, in, in the league. Uh, and, and a little bit in the first year that we got back into premiership, um, you know, he was probably as good as any midfield player we had that first season. So, yeah, we have missed him. There's no there's no two ways about that because we've had no cutting edge in that final third. Um, I think Anguisi has been up and down. I like him as a player, but I just think he, he dips in and out too often. The consistency is not there. Again, as Emilio alluded to, if he was one of the ones around Christmas time that unfortunately might have, um, you know, had an injury or even allegedly caught COVID or whatever. It took it took him a time to to, to really recover from that. Um but the, you know again his his stats when he's on form is up there with the best mm. in the premiership, you know, and I like him as a player, but I just think didn't think he had the players around him that were on the same wavelength. Um because he was breaking past um you know their midfield final third and 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 again his final ball was not as good as as, mm. as it should be for a premiership player and an international player. But I just don't think we had the – it was the wide areas that concerned me. Call it yep. what you want, wide midfield players. You know, our central two or three. And, and, and I, the one shining light, I think, was Lamina because I think Lamina's yeah, grown totally in agree. the season. I think he's grown as a player, both showing the passion a little bit for, for the badge. And I think he's actually, you know, a better player than we probably give him give him just for at the beginning of the season. Uh, and 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 look at him the other night he slotted in or the other day and and a little bit yesterday he slotted in at the back mm. and showed some some lovely touches last week before you know he obviously started on the right side of midfield uh, center back yesterday um so yeah I, I think it's what we call the wide midfield players whatever yep. system we play whether it be 4-3-3 or 4-1-2-3 i think they're the ones that have been cause for concern and, and gordon's alluded to it the quality of Luckman since christmas has been alarming Yes. I think Bobby Reed flattens to deceive me. I think he's, you know, he's a championship player playing in a premiership team. <laughs> Cavalero's, I, I, mm-hmm. I do not know how Cavalero's played <laughs> as many games as he should, as he has done. Um, so they've all had their fair crack of the whip. They can't yeah. go knock on Scott's office every Monday and say, you know, why aren't I playing? Because they've mm-hmm. all had, at some stage throughout the season, they've all had their chances. Loftus-Cheek, another one. You know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt after the first five or six games because I, I yeah. thought, you know, he didn't cut the mustard. And he did grow into a couple of games where he showed what he could do. But again, he just didn't have the consistency week in, week out. If you're going to be in the false number nine or a number 10, his assist and goal ratio, even though we had enough of the ball in each game, Fulham were always in games, yeah. possession-wise. Yeah. We may not create as many chances, but we had enough of the ball to create chances. Why didn't we create them? We don't know. Scott probably could have the answer for that and the analysis team. The yep. confidence in that final third, you know, um, and, and, and as we as, as you said early on, you know, we would have a, a good chance, miss it, they go down the other end. We, we, we were on top for all of that game and we're 1-0 down. All exactly. Of a we're, we're chasing the game. Uh, and the next chance come along, as Gordon said earlier, the strikers may have snatched it. So, again, we don't get the one all where we should have done. So you know, it's been it's been a, it's been a, a strange season uh, individually and collectively. Um, you know, and the midfield is the hub of any team, straight right. down the spine of the team. You know, centre half, centre midfield, and centre forward, and we've lacked consistency, maturity. I think in all of them three positions. 
Okay. And, okay. and the fundamental thing we've lot we, we we've lacked um, you know confidence and, mm. uh, and and regularity of players playing in that position because the the, the rotation's been obviously tossing and 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 Anderson you know had a great middle section of the season. But if you look at their form over the last eight games, where we picked up one point or two, went down. You know, they're they've been as uh, as as disappointing as we were the first eight games of the season when it was Hector and another. Mm. Yeah, it's funny because it, it all started in the Man City match. Let me let me ask you, and then I want to ask Gordon this because uh, it's funny because it's something that Gordon said on a prior show. I want to talk about the style of play and and get into Scott Park a little bit because I know it does involve. The midfield and certainly involves um, up front when we talk about the final third. The style of play for me is defensive in nature. It's how Scott was as a player, and I think he sets Fulham up this way. But it doesn't. He doesn't vary it. And actually, Gordon, I'm I'm, I'm going to go to you right now mm. because I'm I'm curious your view of this because you said this that it just seems that you know he plays the ball off in the back. We saw it again in the last match, and I'm telling you, it drives me crazy that every single time. They play the ball off in the back. Why are they not varying it, Gordon? Why are they not sometimes hoofing it up to, say, a Mitro or someone else and just taking the pressure off and just changing it up because it's so predictable, Gordon? So I want to get your thoughts on the approach of how the team plays because it seems that they only play one way, and you also said this. There is no plan B. There's only plan A. So mm-hmm. so why don't we go there now? It, uh, it, it does seem very much as though uh, Scott I think has had a a very very lucky season to have COVID uh, knock the country down and no supporters to be in the ground because if we'd have had supporters in the ground and the team had been playing the way that they've been playing yep. all season and not getting results, then I think the crowd, and it's happened to myself, even when Rob was in the team, it's happened to, to us on a couple of occasions, not many, but a couple of occasions, where at the final whistle, you get booed off the park yep. because the, the supporters are not happy with either the result or with the performance or with the way that you've played. And now I think if we'd have had supporters in the ground, we would have heard a hell of a lot of that from Mm. probably the 6th, 5th, 6th, 7th game on. Now, once an owner hears that in the ground, then there's only one thing that's going to happen and the manager is going to get the sack. With there being no supporters in the ground, there's no atmosphere there. Mm-hmm. You can t- you, the players are just playing, and they are being coached week in week out to play. In my opinion, a certain way. Exactly. Now, mm-hmm. I've said before that we had two previous managers, so, and p- some supporters are asking for Slav to come back. <laughs> but um, when we got promoted, he played exactly the same style of football that got us up from the championship. This is true. And mm. it didn't work. And after 15 or 16 games, he was still playing that style of football mm. and he got the sack. In comes Ranieri, who wanted to play us to play like Leicester. Yeah. And bearing in mind that Mitro is no sprinter 
Um, it mm. wasn't working, but he kept playing the way that he wants the team to play. Right. And it, we weren't getting results, and he gets the sack. So we go back to Scott. Scott's played the same way, apart from a few tweaks in systems, mm. all season. And it's not worked out. And I don't know what the situation is, whether the club have said to him, look, we don't mind if we go back down this year. We'll 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 support you in whatever you want to do. Yep. Um, and he's trying to get the club to play Scott Parker's way. But if it's not working, you've got to change things in any business. Totally agree. It's like, a, it's like a score. It, it's it's driving me crazy. Score, Thank you for saying this. <laughs> if, if us four are giving a, a boring podcast and people are not listening to us, then you change the format. Right, of and course. You get, yeah, and you yeah. get rid of Rob and you get rid of Emilio. <laughs> <laughs> That's very but, funny. But it's going. one of those but it's yeah. one of those situations yeah. where yep. we haven't tried to play a different way. Yeah. Right. Yes, when Mitrovic is up there, you can hit him a bit earlier. But as Rob mentioned and, and the, we don't seem to have that attacking player mm. that's going to be close enough to him because they're all coming short to pick balls up and we don't have any midfield players who are going past him. So therefore, we're always playing in front of teams and when we get possession, we let 10 outfield players get back behind the ball and then we've got to try and break them down yeah. with wingers with wingers or wide men who can't go past people and get crosses in. And the only person who everybody raves about perhaps getting crosses in, yeah, Tete would get down there and try and get him in. Brian on the on the left hand side when he plays, but there's been no variation from nope. day one in the way that we've played, and we can be easily set up just to play on the break against mm -hmm. Fulham, and the likelihood is you're going to get four, five, six chances in a game, mm -hmm. and one goal, one goal has been enough to beat mm -hmm. us on many occasions. So. It's it's a shame that we haven't tried a different formation because right. players might have flourished in a different formation. But mm. a formation that hasn't worked, you can't keep playing that way week in, week out. See, that's my point. I'm glad that we're kind of going in this direction. Emilio, I'll go to you in just a second, but I want to go to Rob because I want to mm. get, Rob, your thoughts on what Gordon just shared because – it just, you know, I had someone ask me today, well, he did change the formation. He has changed the formation, but the style yeah. of play, Gordon and Rob, and I'm sorry, I, I meant to just say Rob right now, is still the same. The mm -hmm. The principles are still the same. We play out from the back. It, it It's slow. It's meticulous. It's non-aggressive. It's in the way that Parker wants to play. It's conservative in nature. When it doesn't work, I've always been brought up, that you need to fix it. Why has he not fixed it? Why has he just stayed to the core principles? Am I wrong to feel this way, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I think in the middle section of the the, the, the only probably good part of the season we had, he did sort of change it in a sense that he left Mitro out. So he had mo more mobility and, it, it, right. you know, he, he did try and play the, 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 the more athletic type front mm. three in terms of probably Cav up as a false number <clears> nine, Luckman on the right when he was in good form, and Bobby Reed on the right, or 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 A and other, whether it be Loftus. So he did try a different concept in how we kept the ball and how we tried to get beyond their strikers, but uh, behind their defenders as strikers. But obviously that only worked to a certain degree, and no way did it get, give us enough victories or points 
uh, on the board to justify that middle section in my mind that right. he did actually try. No, I wouldn't say it was a plan B because plan A and plan B in, in most people's eyes is plan A is you playing football, plan B should be a long ball. Mm. There's been the odd occasions yeah. when you've seen Henderson hit the crossfield pass, which yep. you know uh, in some games has worked. But you, if you think back to the last six, seven games, how many ga- how many goals have we got conceded where it's one ball straight over our mm-hmm. defenders that we weren't doing to other teams? You know, Anderson's got caught out three, four times. Tossin's got caught out at least twice as well. You know, where teams were, you know, typical game the other week, Burnley, you know, you knew what Burnley were going to do when they played us. Right. It was just going to be mm-hmm. balls up to their two strikers. Um so Scott's probably, you know, if, if, if he's honest with himself and analyzes game by game, which I'm sure he does, and his staff, you know, they, hmm. they, they, they will go into each game after a defeat the following week and think, right, who are we playing? How are we going to play them? You know, we're going to have 60% of the ball, but we've got to make sure when we have that percentage of them, we take our chances when they do. So, you know, this day and age in the Premiership, it, it, it's ruthless. And, and, you know, we've had enough possession we may not have created the chances, but we've had enough possession in games to get close to the final third in and around the box. We've just lacked the quality, mm-hmm. whether it be a right-back cross, a right-wing across, uh, a strike from the edge of the box. We have just had not had the quality. And, and I'll go back to Emilio, who's alluded that he thought we yep. had the squad to stay up, um, but lots of the players haven't, mm-hmm. haven't, you know, they haven't justified that. We all think we had enough players to stay up and we week in, week out, even up to eight games ago, we were thinking, yep, we've got a chance. We can get, as long as we go to Newcastle, last game of the season, we, we've got a chance. Right. But from, you know, the Leeds game, as you alluded to there earlier yep. on, uh, Russ, yep. you know, the signs were there and then the Villa game when we were 1-0 mm-hmm. up 15 minutes ago and we collapsed. And then it just went from game to game and it just slowly grasped away from us mm-hmm. as much as we were all hanging on to it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean Scott's Scott Scott's not stupid enough to know that he you know he'll have to sit down in the summer uh, and have some big decisions to make because we've got loan players, we've got players that are probably yep. unhappy that might want to leave. And, you know, he's got the hierarchy to just sort out whatever differences we all feel that he may have behind the scenes. We don't know, but yeah, there's some there's some massive decisions this this summer for Fulham in general. Okay, excellent, Milo. Your thoughts on all this? Again, you and I have talked about this a great mm. deal about, you know, like I said, the style of play and uh, Gordon shared his thoughts, Rob shared his, and, and glad that Rob brought this up because, again, in that middle part, like you said, in, the, in that second third, we were a little mm-hmm. bit better, but he could see that they were working to try to make mm-hmm. it work, mm-hmm. and, and he, maybe he tweaked some things in it. But, again, like we're talking about, the quality just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. The passing wasn't there, as you've already alluded to. So yeah. what are your thoughts about the quality – that we have compared to the style of play that we played. Yeah, I think it's, you know, go back to last season. I think it was, it was about 18 months ago when I went, I went to that private event at Craven College and I actually spoke to him in, you know, privately about his style of football. And he was very, he was, I said, what he told me 18 months ago is what he did this season. You know, keep ball, keep possession. He'd rather wait for that moment, wait for that opportunity and try to cover up something a little bit special. But unfortunately, in this level, in this division, you're going to be found out. You know, unfortunately, we are, we're too passive, very predictable. You know, if you look back to last season, how was Scott Parker's record when you take the lead last season? Very impressive. What was our record when we were when a goal down? I remember some of our terrible season. Hull City, I think we lost three 0 at home. Barnsley lost three 0 at home. Stoke lost two 0 at home. Some performances were dire last season, but 
we gave him the benefit of the doubt. He got promoted. I thought we were underwhelming last season. I thought we were lucky to get promoted overall. Yes, we, okay, we got to Wembley, but we deserve to be. We should have been automatically promoted last season with that squad. But we got there. Yep. Well done, Scott. Now, let's see what you could do in the Premier League. But unfortunately, he hasn't adjusted like other guys have said. It's, it's, it's we are very passive, very predictable. And what has been very clear this season is when you're, we're still in games, whether it's goalless or whatever it may be, when teams are pressing us, we were making mistakes. And that's when we got caught out. Leeds United pressed us for 90 minutes. That's right. We had no answer to that. Brighton pressed us two games. We only got two draws. Arguably speaking, we may be lucky to get a draw in, from, in those two diabolical games. So that was, a, that was a problem for me. Where we were given a freedom of passing and just and there was a nice tempo to the game, we, we did okay. But look at all the games that we lost or didn't pick up wins. Teams that pressed us, we struggled. And that Parker Ball philosophy, it doesn't work when we get pressed, both in the Championship and the Premier League. You look at the two seasons over those 46 games last yep. year and 38 this year, same, same problems. Well, I was just about to say, and Gordon already alluded to yeah. it, the style of play hasn't really changed much no, since, since the championship. It's really yeah, been the same. And I understand that. Listen, you know, like I said, I, I want to give Scott a lot of credit. He got us mm. back to the Premier League. But again, I, you know, as Gordon was talking about, when you, something's not working right, mm. I think you should try to fix it. You should try to change mm. it. And, and, um, you know, Rob mentioned that, that he did, that there was a period where he tweaked it, but I would think even in game, you try a little bit harder to change things. He does react, you know, like, listen, the uh, Burnley match in the second half, he reacted, but mm. I guess I'm looking for Rob going back to you. I'm kind of looking for a combination of Savisa and someone that has some, some defensive qualities as well, because I like Savisa's play, but. As uh, as you guys were alluding to, after 15 games, you know, again, you know, when you just play one way, you you know, it could it could uh, catch you. So, is there a manager out there that that will give you a little bit of both? Are those the successful ones that can that can play different ways, Rob? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Slavisa's a quite an experienced European coach, and is that is that is that is that experience at Premiership level and uh, and you know, top Championship level at Watford and you know, let's give Scott his due here. You know, he, he's, 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 an, he's a, a young manager only in his third season or second yep. full season. Um, and, you know, the championship to the, to the premiership is, is, uh-huh. is, is miles apart. It's miles yep. apart, you know. And, and, and we know he's playing the same sort of football and that's his philosophy. And I, I stand by that. If he's got a, if he's got a philosophy and, and Guardiola is no different. Guardiola yep. has got that's the true. players to play his way. Mm-hmm. He's slightly changed it this year. Uh, he's come up with a new the new talking point. It's a false number nine. Never heard of a false number nine until <laughs> Guardiola introduced it. You know, he dropped he dropped Aguero, and he's playing a false number nine, which is a new terminology for for, for Guardiola. So you know, Scott Scott, uh, you know, okay, I, I still I still stand by Scott, uh, and I will do, and I'll say it right through this show that you know yeah. I think um, I think he needs to learn by his mistakes and right. over the last sort of eighteen months. See, I'm, I'm there with I you. Still, totally with I still you. think he's a young manager, English young manager that, uh, and I like his his concept, the way he plays. I just think he needs he needs probably a bit more experienced coaches around him, uh, and above him is where I'd be coming from. So okay. I'd, I I would probably look at his immediate staff that he may have. You know what I mean? See, so see, I I'm think totally there help. with you. I'm totally there with you, guys. I'm I'm going to ask you both a name of a coach that I think could be a help to him. 
And it's not Roy because I, I, I think, you know, I, I think Roy could have, have a role with Fulham, but a, a different role. Rob, what about Ray Lewington? Yeah, well, it, you know, I, I, I've said Ray Lou. I, I'd like to see Ray Lou. I mean, I know he's 64. I didn't realize he was as, as old as Gordon, but um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's been around. He's, he's Fulham, you know. Exactly. What, be- what, what better to get, um, you know, uh, Roy and Ray in? In some, we'll, we'll get them as a double. As, as a double, I would there. love it. Wherever, wherever one goes, the other one eventually goes. It's a exactly. Bit like- I would like them both back. I've actually tweeted that out. But I think Ray Lewington would be a, a huge asset to phone to, to Scott Parker if they're going to yeah, st- stick yeah. with Scott. Why not bring in Ray Lewington? Yeah, he could have a. He could. Yeah, I mean, a, and not taking anything away from his other coaching staff, just an, an extra body alongside first team. Yeah, a different voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what Ray's on. You can often hear him on the touchline, even but more so in this season in mm-hmm. where there's been no spectators. But, yeah, um, yeah, I just think he may need a little bit more experience either on the bench with him or, or, or above him, you know, to, yeah. to, to, to lean on. I think that's where he probably needs, you I know, our director of football. Our director of football is obviously based in America. So what with COVID in the last 12, 12 months, there's, there's no – Sort of one-to-one meetings, probably only through 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 this way, Zoom. That yep. uh, it's not the same as seeing someone face to face. And really, you know, either if you've got a problem or or, or, or congratulating them, you can have a one-to-one in a, in a more direct route, face to face, as opposed mm-hmm. to down down the down the line. So, yeah, uh, I think there is some big decisions to be made, both on the pitch and off it. Yep. Um, and 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 it's a massive summer for Fulham with a fantastic standards. Absolutely. evolved over the season, which we've, we've seen, you know, that uh, in 12 months' time, we all want to be going back to the cottage, to that stadium. Again, hopefully, you know, we're we're back in the premiership. But, you know, it will be the old yo-yo will come up and down again, I'm sure, in the media. <laughs> we're a yo-yo side. Yep. Um, but, listen, I, 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 I can take another yo-yo for another two years if we're good in the championship. And mm. the year after next, we're, we're opening the new stand in the premiership. Mm. Okay. Gordon, what are your thoughts about this? Because I've actually suggested it. Listen, Roy and Ray are now gone from Crystal Palace. And uh, yes, he's 64 years old, but he still has a lot of time left. Okay, so I would bring in Ray Lewington. What are your thoughts on that? And also, I, I bring in bring in Roy as a, as a consultant or in a in another role with the club. But I would definitely bring in Ray Lewington. What, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think it's a good shout, to be perfectly honest with you. And... <laughs> Rob made a, a good point about sort of having somebody to, to bounce off a bit more of exactly. an experienced player because I spoke to uh, Chris Coleman a few seasons ago and I was asking him about the year that he got sacked. Mm. Fulham, Fulham were 1-0 down, for instance, and this happened on many occasions because I think he got sacked because he'd drawn too many games mm. and, we were sl- and we were starting to drop down the lead. Um, and he said, I'm a centre-half. He said, I'm more defensive-minded. And when we were 1-0 down, 20 minutes to go, 25 minutes to go, and we get that that equaliser, I would change the formation to make sure that we don't lose the point. And I said, well, did you ever try going for the three points rather than just accepting one? I said, because you drew a hell of a lot of games you only needed to win maybe two or three of those games and we would have zoomed up another four, five, six places and been back in about eighth or ninth. 
or, or even seventh. And he said, well, literally, I thought I was doing the right thing at the time. He was in exactly the same position as Scott is in now. Yep. He didn't have an older head, an older professional, uh, a more experienced person to, as I call, bounce off. Or, right, exactly. Or that older person, after two or three draws, when we're on the ascendancy for the last 20 minutes, that old head turns around and says, hey, Chris, you can't keep you. Sometimes you've got to go for the win. Sometimes you want to put an attacking player on and go for those three points because you're in the ascendancy rather than just accept a point. Mm -hmm. And it's only somebody to put a different thought in the mind of Scott, whether that's, for instance, Ray Lou on the touchline yeah. or whether that is a director of football right. in the meetings after games. And, and I'll, I'll go along with Rob because, yes, you've got to think that Scott is only in his third season, what have you, and he's a young manager. He's done extremely well, A, to get us up. I think he's been wrong this year, but that's my opinion. Okay. But uh, the club could well be looking at him for a four, a five, a six, a seven-year continuity management. But I do think that the way things have gone, if you get a director of football in, for instance, uh, Roy Hodgson, yep. and he's not zooming around the world, but he's assessing those players that we are looking at, and he's got a lot of contacts himself all over the world. And then you bring Ray Lewin in as a, a, an associate coach to Scott to advise him, not to take over, yep. but to perhaps advise him on different things or different ways that perhaps Scott is not thinking about at present because he's blinkered in the way that he wants the game to be played. And it'll be interesting the beginning of next season, whoever comes in as director of football or yep. whatever situation the club goes in, because I'm already looking forward to next season. So I'm looking forward to us playing more attacking football and playing well. And uh, it, it, it frightens me if we play the way that we are playing now, because just watching the Swansea-Barnsley game in the playoffs, I was looking at that thinking, this is what we've got to put up with mm. week in, week out. There's going to be hundreds of balls coming in our box. Oh, there's, going to be players, there's going to be players running yeah. at you at 100 miles an hour, mm. and we are going to play out from our own six-yard box. So it's going to be interesting what goes over the season, okay. but I think the director of football, uh, Roy, Roy and Ray, I think it's a very, very good shout, to be perfectly mm. honest with you. See, that's why I wanted to bring this up. And, Emilio, I'm going to go to you because, again, obviously the big talking point is Tony Khan. But let's look at it this way. He is the director of football. Mm. I threw out Roy Hodson, consultant. But, again, I wouldn't be against mm. him being the director of football. This is a key component as we look towards next season. And I understand where Gordon's coming from, Rob's thoughts on this. This is a key position. And in part of – we already talked about this on other shows. You know, I've already said that I, I, I think that, that they should be either A, replacing Tony or moving him to a different position. We should have someone else in as director of football, as, um, as we have talked about before. I think it's crucial. I think it's part of the puzzle. What are your thoughts about this? You know, it is part of the puzzle. I think I've said it on a few shows this season. It's what's our strategy 
long term for this club. Not get promoted. It's short term. Get it's all reactive one season vision. You know, we've got to do what again what Wolves did, what Brighton did a few seasons ago, what Leeds have done essentially. They've they've built, they've strengthened, they've strengthened, they've kept their manager. And look, they've got these clubs of well, Leeds good season, Brighton and our established Premier League team. Why can't we do that? But you, I don't think you can achieve that. All you're doing is continuously revamping you know, the team. Spend 100 million one season, sell half a team again, buy some loans. It, 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 there's no strategy here. It's all very, very reactive. Oh, we've got promoted. We've only got a few weeks. Let's see what we can do. Oh, we can't go and buy any players because FFP gets in the way. So it's where's our, where's our long-term recruitment strategy? What's our, yeah. what's our strategy for the club? You know that 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 goes back to Tony Khan and the owner. Where did you know they obviously want the club to play the Premier League? Right. The owner said that many many times. He sees Fulham as being right location, yep. attractive club for players and managers, and therefore he wants them to play at the big stage. But you need to have a vision here, Australia, and we don't have that. No, right. Tony Khan is running many different businesses, many of which are successful, except for Fulham Football Club. It's you know something needs to change there. Then you can say, well. Is Scott Parker the right manager to right. be part of that long-term plan? If you look at it on a one a season by season basis, if we don't change the direction of football, I don't think I don't think Scott Parker is the right person to take this, this club forward. But if we've got a three to five year plan, right, can Scott be part of that plan? Potentially, yes. P- potentially again, in that type of realm, because yes, then that, maybe that he could yeah. he would evolve as a manager yeah. under the right yeah. philosophy. Because again, where's the philosophy, the long-term plan? That's a key thing. That's where I see Scott potentially playing a role. And okay. to what the guys have said, mature, evolve, have the right coaches, people in his ear every day, and he learns from his mistakes. But all he's got to do is play with a, you know some lone players here, some some I don't know in, you know championship players in the Premier League. He's got he hasn't got the squad necessarily to do what he wants to do and play to his philosophy. Then he's doomed to failure. That, that's the key. So the key thing for me is where, where does the club want to go now? They've had two okay. attempts in the Premier League and they failed miserably in both. So it has to start from the top. And I expect the owner probably to, to be making a statement very soon. I He will probably change things. He won't accept two consecutive relegations from Blade. That's not good enough. No, it's not. He'll be embarrassed by that. And he'll be embarrassed for the supporters who've had to endure two painful seasons in the Premier League. So give him his juice, Shahid Khan, good owner. But look at Leicester City. That's what we want. Leicester City. Look at their. We absolutely. That's what we deserve. You know, you know, that's what we deserve. We deserve that. Four season Premier League. Maybe it's time for them to get a new manager in. They've underachieved this season, but clearly they had a vision, they had a strategy, they bought the right players, and every year they kept strengthening and improving quality. We we're not doing that. We just don't have that vision. It's too reactive, and that's what we need to change. And I'm happy for Scott to stay in that role if we've got a better long term vision. I mean, it may mean stay. A couple of seasons in the championship, like Leeds, are going to just strengthen and give a small opportunity to retain Premier League survival. But at the moment, it's all we seem to be doing to Rob's point. We will be a yo-yo club because there's no vision, there's no long-term yeah. plan. Yeah, and 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 that's the point. And Gordon, back to you because again, if I, you know, and again, I've I've called and I'm not, you know, and I'm going to say I, I've I've said I would I would want a new coach partially because of the style of play, but the way that Emilio just described it. I think if you change and you have a philosophy and you build a strategy of, of a long-term plan, like I think you even said a four to five year plan and gives him a chance with some experienced people, like we were talking about Ray Lewington and Roy Hodson, then you would actually put Scott in the proper position to succeed as a coach. So I think the director of football position is integral in everything that happens with Fulham football club. Your mm-hmm. thoughts. 
Yes, I think I think you're right. It, it's got to it's got to start somewhere, and you've got to mm. have the right people in the right position. Uh, if director of football is overseeing uh, the scouting setup, if he is sort of looking at the players that we are assessing to get into the club, they are major decisions yeah. that have got to be made. Because, as I mentioned earlier, you can bring players in, and if we've been doing it on statistics with Scott as well, then uh, yes, statistics will give you one set of uh, figures that you like, you show them to somebody else and they'll say, no, I'm not having those set of figures. I want something different. And I suppose if you look at, I'd like just, just like to sit down with Tony Khan and have a look at the figures of two players that we bought just to assess how these players were playing for a different club and how they're playing for us. And the two players that I'm talking about are Cavaliero and Knockhart. Because <laughs> very my, my idea my idea of wide players is they get past the full backs, they get crosses in. Or if they cut inside, as both of these do, they do. The the, the wide full backs, the full backs get around them and they get the crosses in instead. But going back to Scott, simple yep. little things. I don't think it's been the odd occasion, but I don't think he's ever played for a 90 minute session or a 45 minute session, knockout on the left, Cavaliero on the right, and said, Right, I want you to go at the fullback. You're now mm. playing on your strongest foot. Yep. Get at the fullback, get crosses in. If he blocks it, we get corners. If he blocks it, we get throw ins. But they're trying to do something different, but to keep them on the opposite wings where it's too easy. To cut inside and shoot from 25 yards at mm. a, uh, an awkward angle, that is my uh, idea mm. of sitting down with Tony Khan and saying, why did we buy these and what statistics were you looking at mm. for them to fit into our team? They're and predictable. If, it, me, it's predictable, me, Gordon. Yeah, it's, to it's me, they haven't, they haven't fitted into a, a style of play exactly. That's that right. suits Mitrovic. And Mitrovic has been was up there for a full season with them, mm. and they hardly got any. Rob mentioned the word quality. They right. hardly got any quality crosses in. So a director of football is a massive position to hold. But see, it goes back club. to that. See, I'm yeah. glad that you brought that up, Gordon, because it's more than just bringing in the players. Rob, over to you, because I'm, I'm glad that Gordon brought this up, because it is about analyzing data and looking at these are the players you brought in. How do they fit into our system? And how do they fit in with the players we already have? Like he just said, Mitro. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's like you have all these players. And again, how did they all fit together? Did, did they think about how Knockhart and Cavalier would fit with Mitro? That, that's actually a good point from Gordon. When you're mm -hmm. doing your analysis, I would think a director of football mm -hmm. would be going over the numbers on, on a regular basis. Again, I'm – I don't know, you know, again, I'm not a director of football, but I think it's more than just picking the players, Rob. I think it goes a lot deeper than that. Yeah, I mean, like any business, you'll have a CEO and then you'll have a sales director and then you'll have a sales team or a chairman. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the chain downwards has got to be some some loyalty, some continuity there, some, some, some trust. There's got to be trust mm -hmm. and there's got to be knowledge. And the mm. knowledge starts with the knowledge of the 
the job that you're in that you're, you're employed to do and the knowledge of the the bigger picture in, 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 in buying players and selling players. Yeah, that's that's all part and parcel of yeah. football and, and probably a, a, a director of football's role will, will have an input in in recruitment and, 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 and stuff like that. Um, so probably, I mean, and as I say, it, it doesn't help when the when the, the, the director of football is not in the same country. I think <laughs> I know this day and age, as I've alluded to already, is with media and, 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 and social media and and Zoom calls and, and calls like this, you can have. But I think for a young, inexperienced manager in only his third season, it'd be nice to go and have a, a coffee and sit down on a Monday morning and talk right. with the director of yeah. football, which a lot of. I bet Sean Dyche has got, even though it may not be uh, Burnley's terminology of a director of football, he'll have someone that he reports to that he can talk about the games. And that's why they're a, an established team in the in the Premiership mm. with a very workmanlike team on see, a low budget. that's a great point, Rob. He'll, he'll, he'll have a someone. sounding board. He might a not be called board. director of football in Burnley. Yeah. It just might be called <laughs> some kind of terminology but he'll have someone that he can go and lean on sit down have a coffee whether he win lose or draw and say well how do you think saturday went how do you think sunday went you know and they he'll do that at the training ground um you know so i think scott probably needs a little bit of that and um he's obviously not had that for for, for the last sort of 18 months definitely in the last 15 16 months while, while right. covid's been and tony's not been in the country so there, there, there is a you know, there is a call for for having someone I think that is not going to step on your toes. He's not after your job. A director of football is a an experienced um, businessman that knows what you both want to achieve right. in terms of the type of player that you want, whether it be young, under twenty six, twenty seven, athletic. Um, but Rob, so, you it's know, there's got to be a business model that right. will, and, and there's got to be a, a transfer price, you know, in terms right. of the overall package. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And what's interesting about it, because the way that you're describing, you know, after a match, you should be able to talk to someone about this because you're connected. Your you know, j- job at director of football is overseeing mm-hmm. football operations, but it goes beyond that because you also should be analyzing besides your, you mm-hmm. know, Scott analyzing, you should be able to have a conversation with the director of football about, well, what went right after this match? What went wrong? Here are my suggestions. Let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. So I don't know if that's going on. And I think that's again. I think that's one of the things that is needed. And guys, we we are running very long. So Emilio, I'm going to go to you. I want to get your thoughts on all this, and then we'll just end with one final topic. Yeah, as I mentioned, it obviously all goes back around the um, strategy of the club. You know, it's it's you know that's where you know as I've mentioned, if I'm happy, you know, for Scott to be considered for the long term role as head coach, if there's a strategy and a vision for this club. You know, this club seems to be very reactive. One, you know, up and down like a yo-yo. No yep. strategy, no vision, and you know we can be successful. We've got you know we're a club well located, big you know one of the big hubs of the world. You know it's an attractive proposition. A lot of the players who signed for us on loan and permanent signed because of Scott Parker's philosophy and strategy. So right. there is a positive there. But how do we how do we give him the tools to succeed? You know just by you know the way that we're set up as a club. We are a joke club. I still remember what was it? Who was the punter? Jason uh, Jamie Carragher beginning of the season when yep. he, he vilified us. And Tony Khan for that tweet. I think was that, I remember there was a tweet that Tony Khan put out at the beginning of the season. And we and Jamie Carragher, I remember, lambasted us for, as a joke club. And then Tony Khan being a joke director of football. So, again, we've got that stigma attached to us. So, Tony Khan, you haven't tweeted about Fulham Football Club for, what, two-plus months? 
So obviously you've got your reasons. You've probably been told to shut up and stay off social media. But at the end of the day, this is a business, you know, and you're only be a, you know, any business. If you're not successful, then either you close it down or you change it like Gordon and Rob have said. So it's, yep. you know, it's going to be a long, it's going to be, I'd rather wait and develop and evolve with a strategy and then get up in the Premier League and stay there, give us more chances to right. rather than fl- flouting with relegation for 38 games of the season. Right, right. And and that's the way I'm looking at it, guys. And and um, we're going to end the show this way. And and again, I, I had planned on us doing player of the season and, and a couple of other subjects. But since the show has gone long and I've enjoyed the conversation, let's end here. I'm going to put each one of you guys in charge of Fulham Football Club. What is your plan? I'm going to start with you, Gordon. Next season, what is your plan for Fulham Football Club? What would you do? I'm going to put you in the shoes of Shai Khan, the owner of Fulham Football Club. So what would you do? Well, I suppose, first of all, you've got to turn around, have a long chat with Scott and, and say to him that you've probably got 15, 12 to 15 games at the beginning of next season to show me that this club is going in the right direction. And that is probably means transfer wise, I don't know how we're going to be with FFP, as Emilio said. Yep. because we could be looking at free transfers and there's a hell of a lot of them about this summer. So we've got to pick and choose carefully to get the players in that are going to enhance our chance of being not only in the top three, but to win the championship. Um, and there's got to be some youngsters coming through because my thoughts on uh, the way that we've been speaking about the academy for years we have brought one or two players through. I don't think that's a great return. And you've got Fabio now on uh, on the line. We probably have stands. Everybody will talk about Stansfield yep. when he's when he's fit. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple of under eighteen players who are uh, scoring goals. So I think you've got to look at how Scott is going to use the youth team. I totally agree with Twenty threes, um, and we've got to get. Uh, because we don't know at the moment how many of these loanees are going back to their parent clubs. So that, so there could be a big change in uh, numbers and in squads. So uh, I've got to turn around to, to Scott and say, you are under pressure. You need to be in the top three. We need to be winning games and winning them well, not just possession football and one one nil victories. Because if the supporters are back in, the supporters are not going to accept it. And the last thing I want as an owner is for the supporters to be chanting, Scott Parker out. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear it. Let's play some attacking football. Let's get the youngsters in. Let's get some <laughs> experienced players. And let's go to win games from day one, not to hold on to a one-all draw after 60 minutes. Okay. Gordon, can we make you director of football? <laughs> 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 okay Rob over to you your plan what would you be doing you're in charge of Fulham Football Club yeah uh, as, as I mentioned earlier I'd definitely keep Scott um, it, may, it may not be uh, everyone's cup of tea if you looked at social media of most Fulham fans and, and I'm yep. sure there's, and uh, but I'll go back to what Emilio says as long as the strategy and 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 
the plans from the top downwards, uh, and, and Scott's happy with that, are in place, then I think Scott should stay and continue his education and becoming a, a good young English manager, which I think he's gone go on to have a nice career in the game in terms of the way he wants to, to, to play football. Because I, I like, I'd, I'd pay money to watch that. I think the lone players that uh, we've probably got that'll go, I think a lot of them will go. I don't think there'll be many that will stay. We've got loan. Remember, we've got four or five loan players out that will be coming back. You know, That's your right. Hanson, Gamara. Um, you know, we've got at Lockhart. least four or five of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, you know it, it, it could be a bit of the old guard from two years ago. The first game of the season could be your Hanson <laughs> and Kenny oh. in the middle of the park. Oh, boy. I mean, it's, wow. it's, it's obviously not going to be mm-hmm. Kevin Mack, but, you know, Stefan's yep. gone to QPR and, and had yep. a new lease of life, you know. Mm. So yep. if if we are on a budget in terms of um, you know what pl- type of players we can go after because of uh, um, issues, then you know we'll have to look a little bit closer to home. And sure. you know the under 18s have won their league. The under 23s have had a good season. Yep. We've seen Carvalho come onto the onto onto the scene. Mm. I'm sure there's one or two in in the back as well. So. I think, it, as I said earlier, right at the beginning of the show, it's a massive, massive summer for Fulham, both yep. on the pitch and off it. Um, from the top downwards, whatever decisions we we we, we make, uh, and Shahid, you know, he's a multi multi millionaire that's made money out of businesses. And as we've all yeah. uh, touched on earlier, you know, you won't want to see a business fail, you know, no. twice in four years as much as it's been successful in two of the other years. So. Um, yeah, I, I definitely would stick with Scott, um, and I just think he needs experience in and around him, both you know, uh, in and around the touchline, and someone to lean on on a Monday morning, uh, maybe on a DFO role um, that he can actually uh, lean on for advice and experience. Okay, excellent stuff. Over to you, Emilio. Final, final. Uh, you'll have the final word on this, I guess. Um, yeah, echo what the guys have said. I think we've got a good academy and got some young players. We've got to we've got to breed these players. You know, we spend a lot of effort, time. We we're very proud of our young players. Let's start to bring them into the into the. There's going to be a path. Years in the championship until they mature yes. and evolve. Then so be it. But for me, I think there's an opportunity here as well. Whether Scott, put aside Scott Parker for a moment, but going back to what I've said, getting having a team like Wolves who are good enough to win the pre, the championship and stay in the Premier League. There's a few loan players that we can potentially snap up. So I'm talking about likes of Lamina, who hasn't disgraced himself in the Premier yep. League. I think we can get him for a for a reasonable, you know, eight million. To be honest, subject to FFP, but let's assume we can buy him. There's a couple, you know, Olaena, you know, to be honest, hasn't disgraced yep. himself in the in the Premier League either. Will he drop a division? The team his parent club Torino just managed to stay up in the Italian league. So again, it's not like he's playing. His parent club is a top three, top four Italian team. So. There's one or two fringe, you know, loan players that we can potentially sign as opportunities to get us out of the championship first time around okay. and establish themselves again in the Premier League in two years' time. In what in a year or two years' time, so I think we've got to show a statement of intent here. You know, if, if Scott Parker's going to remain there, I'd like I'd like him to remain, provided there's a strategy here. Okay. I don't want to see the same brand of football and the same Tony Khan reactive way of giving him a few reinforcements and doing his best to get promoted. Scott Parker will not thrive in that environment and nor will the club. So, you know, I'm happy, you know, last few games I've seen a lot of mistakes from Scott Parker, especially in those games where we had to go out and win at all costs. Leeds United, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Aston Villa, Southampton. Yeah. These are games, you know, we should, we, you know, what was Scott Parker's strategy? Was not, Wolves is a good example. Don't lose that game and you get sucker punched and you still lost a game. 
So Scott Parker, you failed miserably in that game to go and get three points. Too many of those incidents happened this season. And also too many of them happened last season. But we managed to hang in there and sure. managed to squeeze into the Premier League by the playoff final. So I'm sitting on the fence with Scott Parker. I'd only retain him if there's a clear direction of, of plan for the club. Keeping okay. the same structure, we need to move on. We need to get somebody else okay. who's a little bit more bold, a little more adapted to the Premier League. And, you know, there's a lot of people being touted. But yep. again, if you have to ask me, who would I pick? You know, there's you know, there's not many people out there. That's the problem. Yep. There's not many people out there. So it's a, it's a difficult decision, but I'd like to see some change at the top and become a club that's run more professionally, not vilified by the media, and a club yep. that we were loved 10 years ago when we got to Europa League. That's what I want. I want to see the Fulham of 10 years ago that were the pride of the country, not the laughing stock of the country. Okay, excellent stuff. And mm. just to end, uh, I'll just share my thoughts on it because uh, mm. I'm glad that Rob shared his thoughts. And, and I can be convinced mm. because I'm one that said, you know, I want Tony and I want Scott Conn because I wanted a clean house. But mm. under Rob's scenario, yeah, I can buy that because, again, if, if there was a long-term vision and there's someone in there that could be a sounding board for him, someone that he could work with to help him mature as a manager and learn from his mistakes. Yes, I, I, I could then st- stick with Scott Parker, but there would have to be what I would call a full way, a long-term vision of how we're going to run our business that involves the academy, as everyone has said here, a pathway. There should be a pathway, and there should be dialogue for Scott to have someone to bounce ideas off of, mm-hmm. Maybe like like we're talking about Ray Lewington on his staff. Maybe as a director of football, I'll say Roy Hodgson. Why not? Why not? I would love to see that. Anyways, great one thing show. Well, sorry to add, Russ. One other thing yes. as well. I didn't say it. It might upset a few fans, but we need to move on from the old guard. So no, I, as I, I, I love Johansson, Tim Ream. They've got to go. Cabano, move on. You know, okay. Josh Onomo. I don't think is good enough. You know, these are played. Let's move on. Kamara. Move off, move move away from these plays and rebuild to that new five year plan. Those guys okay. have done a job for us, and it's time to move on. That's what that's my. I know you'll upset a lot of fans, but you can't be loyal to the past. You've got to look forward to yep. the future and keeping, yep. you know, Reem, Johansson, Cabano, yep. Kamara. It's that's going backwards, not forwards. That, that will lack ambition. Okay, uh, I understand that, my friend. Mm. Let's wrap up the show for mm. my very special guest. Gordon Davis and Rob Wilson, and of course, my co-host, Emil Dano. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.